everybody, and welcome to the brand new Off the Ropes with John and Josh. I am Josh. And since we are celebrating 420, I am the spirit of vengeance, Johnny Blaze. I'm pretty sure you're not. I mean, I could be. I'm hot. I mean, I've, I've been around you quite a few times. I've never seen your head explode into fire. I mean, that's fair. I've seen you when you get angry. Your head turns into a big ball of flames. It's like... That's true. That's very true. But All yes, right. everybody, welcome back to the relaunch of Off the Ropes with John and Josh. That's right. We are now audio. We are on podcast form. I know uh, it may be disappointing for some of you. You you know, we're looking at our pretty faces there for, for quite a while, but... Uh, who knows? Maybe someday we'll get back to that. I don't know. But right now, we wanted to get back into things, you know, finally. And uh, we, what better way to start than uh, to hop into WrestleMania? And it was quite a WrestleMania. Absolutely. And it's it's a, actually, it's a, it's a nice thing that you said disappointing that we're doing it this way. Because a lot of people have used the word disappointing to talk about WrestleMania this year. And, Which I don't uh, understand, man. I, I had the complete opposite feeling when it came to this this WrestleMania. I wasn't hyped on all the matches, but I mean, okay, so you went from having like the highest attendance record of like 93,000 to attendance record of zero. Hey, this man. coronavirus has wiped everything. A record is a record, though. That's very true. Um, I mean, I just, I don't understand it. I thought a lot of the matches were well put together, uh, minus a couple of the ones that didn't have any build to them at all and just didn't make any sense whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, I feel like with every WrestleMania, you get a couple of couple of stinkers, you know. And, and with this year, there was what like eighteen or so, eighteen twenty matches, some crazy number of matches between the two nights. Well, and, it was and, WrestleMania so big they couldn't contain it to just one night. Yeah, you know what? And I kind of dig that. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't mind if WrestleMania was two nights from now on. I'd be totally down with that. Well, I mean, it was nice. I mean, this coronavirus did something that it hadn't ever done before. It allowed every person watching WrestleMania to experience WrestleMania the exact same way. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, they had no audience, which means that they had to really change the way they did certain things. Like me and you were talking while we were watching Mania, like they had to change the hot side of the ring. Yeah. They had to you know? change the hot side of the ring. They had to make sure that their communication in ring was kept at a minimum because, I mean, you could hear everything. Everything. Yeah. And I didn't notice. I, I mean, maybe there was. I didn't notice any of that, like, quote, unquote, in ring talk that, you know, sometimes you hear in normal matches. I didn't hear any of that. I caught you know, a little bit here and there, but nothing that was, like, all audio, like, catching that, like, it made yeah. a difference. Yeah. I mean, you know, I heard like the normal stuff, like you know, the the, the trash talk, you know. But yeah. yeah, I thought I thought they did a fantastic dig. All all the the superstars did a great job with uh with kind of keeping things in and still being able to put on, you know, some damn good matches throughout throughout the night. And uh, like I said, there were a lot of matches. Uh, so let, let's kind of jump into things. It's two nights, so I figured we start off with night uh, number one, and uh, let's get this pre-show kind of thing out of the way for me. Uh, I know we mentioned this to each other. This pre-show, uh, overall, kind of boring. Bo- both yeah. nights, ki- kind of boring. First well, half of the fucking pre-show, it was just them talking. Like, I, yeah, it was just it was to hype up everything that was going on. But, I mean, 
for the way WrestleMania was put together this year, they could have eliminated the pre-show as an hour and made it a half an hour and still covered everything they wanted to do. Yeah. It's like, I just wanted to see whatever the match was. I didn't like, you know, I, I stopped watching wrestling for quite a while there. And over the last like month or so, I started really getting back into it. So I've been watching the, you know, these last few months or these last few weeks worth of Raws and SmackDowns and seeing where they're building a lot of this stuff. So it's like, yes, I understand some people don't watch at all and they just watch these pay-per-views. So you got to kind of show the hype packages and, and all that stuff. But I feel like it was just too much because they re-show all of it during the during Mania anyways. Absolutely. Uh, so they spent, you know, 35 minutes, maybe more, putting these hype promos during this pre-show. And I just felt like it was like a waste of a half an hour of time. And, and even the match, the, the, that first pre-show match, the, the Cesaro versus Gulak, or as I like to call him, Gulash, uh, yeah. that, that match was, it was okay. I, I mean, I'm not saying it was bad or anything. It just, it was a pre-show match. It really was. It wasn't, it, it was just like a... I don't know. I, I, what did you think of this of this match? I mean, personally, I, I had no investment in this match. I'm not a huge uh, Gulak fan. I am a fan of Cesaro. So, I mean, it yeah. was kind of nice to see him get a moment. But at the same time, you didn't get to see him on the main roster during Mania, like during the Sami Zayn match. Yeah. So I feel like they missed an opportunity to have somebody who is one of the hardest workers in the business actually doing what he does. Yeah. Um. But, I mean, overall, it was two technical wrestlers doing what they do best, and that was putting on a clinic in that ring. Yeah. And, I mean, the match made sense. You know, they've been building this this Sammy Debray feud over, like, the last month or so. And so it makes sense that, you know, he would be facing off, off against Gulak, as we already saw Shinsuke do the same thing. Um, so it made sense that this match would happen. But and like you said, yeah, they they put on a clinic, but I feel like it wasn't really all that memorable. Like they were put, you know, they great moves, the technique was there, but I just I don't know, it just felt fell a little flat. And I don't know if that's no, the I mean, lack of audience or, or what, but I just, it just fell a little flat to me. Well, it's I mean honestly, you felt that lack of presence all night long. There was nothing that you could do to prevent that. Yeah. But, I mean, I know exactly what you're talking about. I mean, like, there was no big... Well, except for that that airplane spin that Cesaro hit. That was amazing. That was, That yeah. no-hands airplane spin. Yeah. But, I mean, as for the rest of the match, you're absolutely right. It wasn't that memorable. And, I mean... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, like you said, it, it was a pre-show match. And that was, that was sadly, it was all it's going to be remembered as. Yeah, and, and that is really disappointing because... The pre-show match for night two, which we'll which we'll get to when we get to, to night two, completely different in, in the Absolutely. feel and the energy and everything. So like I said, when we get to night two, we'll we'll definitely talk about that. So uh, you know, we'll get into some of these matches. Um, there was there was a lot of, of stuff going on. There were let's see, five, six, seven, eight, nine matches. <laughs> ten. And we'll I try think not to you, harp too much onto it. Yeah, ten, ten if you count the little surprise one, the uh, the twenty four seven stuff that they did. Um, so, I mean, let's just kind of dive in. Do you have a favorite match of the night? Um, favorite for, for match of the one? night, surprisingly, was probably that Boneyard match. That Boneyard I match mean, was something else, man. I had low expectations, but I mean, I 
you know, I'm a huge Taker fan. I grew up loving The Undertaker. I didn't think he had it in him this year to be able to put on some kind of specialty match. But honestly, with the production value and the way that match was put together, if he kept wrestling matches like that, he could probably go for like another 10 years. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't know what to expect from, from this match. Uh, like like we talked about, the, you know, they put out a lot of imagery of it being pretty much a buried alive match. So that's what I, my mindset was come, going into it was, okay, this is it pretty much it's just going to be a buried alive match. You know, they'll do like what they used to do. They have all the dirt and, and stuff, you know, up at the top of the ramp or whatever. Um, I didn't expect it to be outside. And I really liked that because this is something that realistically you probably couldn't do with an audience because you'd spend a half an hour, just a crowd sitting there. Yeah, watching, the, watching the monitors it's like that's not what they especially for the main event you know that's not what they paid for but being a, them not having the crowd really allowed them to do a lot more interesting stuff with it it felt like it felt like a movie you know it felt like a horror movie it, it had it had a score to it the way it was shot the lighting and everything i really dug the whole thing i don't know i really i really enjoyed it yeah you know it i mean Pretty much everybody knows wrestling is quote unquote fake, whatever. But seeing something like this, I was worried that more people would kind of rag on it for that. But I've actually seen a yeah, I've seen a lot of people praising this match. I'm like, yeah, because I felt the same way. I thought it was awesome, and Taker looked great during this match, especially that second half. uh, Honestly, after, after he came back. I agree with you. I think Taker looked great. I will say this. The one negative I have to say about this match is I think they made Taker look too strong. Yeah. Taker I mean, not he, only took he on AJ Styles. He looked super weak in the middle of that match when he was like, he, he was acting super gassed and everything like that. So, like, I don't know if they were just trying to compensate. Like, they made him look super weak in the middle so that he could then look really, like, supernaturally strong at the end. I, I mean... I don't know if that's. I mean, I I hope that's what they were going for because that's what they did. I don't know. I hope it wasn't like an accident that that's what happened. I mean, that could be. Yeah. I just I think it's kind of weird that not only did he take on AJ Styles, he took on the club, and at one point six of the Druids attacked. Yeah, him. yeah. He fought them all off without a problem and still came back to win the match. I'm still bummed Which, that the nothing really came about with those Druids. Yeah, like, no, I he like punched agree. he like punched or booted them all like once and that was it. That was it. it never came. You know, back. it's like when you're playing a video game and you're not quite at the big boss yet, but you got to take out some you know cronies to get there. Yeah, but they made it seem like it was going to be this huge thing, man. And then what about this whole unholy trinity thing that never came about? I was looking into that. I think the unholy trinity was referred to as the club itself. I think I think it was a reference taker might have misspoke when he said it. Uh, I could be wrong, um, but I think he directed that as the club is an unholy trinity. Hmm. I don't know. It just seemed it seemed weird, but because uh, I was really hoping, and a lot of other people were were expecting to see like maybe Kane or like I don't know who else would come out. But like, I would have loved to have seen Sarah show up since she was drug into it, or maybe Michelle McCool. Yeah, that would have been interesting. But um, yeah, unfortunately, we did not get to see anything like that. No, I, mean, I, was, but I, I mean, was hoping I, that at least somebody would like be standing there holding the urn when that light went off. 
That would have been yeah. cool. Like maybe Michelle well, has the urn or something. I don't know. So here's the real question, though. So the Boneyard match goes down. AJ Styles is buried alive, essentially. Where does AJ Styles go from here? Yeah, that, that's a good point. You I know, mean, uh, he essentially lost to the biggest name on the biggest stage in not only a, like a wrestling match, but he lost in what could be considered one of the greatest burials of all time. Yeah. And I literally mean burial, not like uh, bad booking. Yeah, it's like, do you, do you think that this burying will bury his career? Pardon the pun. I mean, pun intended. I mean, <laughs> he literally got buried Sunday or uh, Saturday night. Yeah. So it's like, I, I don't know what, I don't know where he goes from here. It's like, where do you go once you reach that kind of level? I mean, I and, mean and, and then lose. If he had won, it'd be a different story. He could go well, off like for the titles and stuff like that, but. Absolutely. Where do you go from? Well, this this kind of puts him at the bottom of the chain again. Like, I mean, yeah, he could probably wrestle for like the ICUS championship, but I mean, at that point, at the same time, AJ Styles is a main eventer. Yeah. So this was one of those matches you couldn't book somebody stronger than another person because it would ruin somebody. But at the same time, you couldn't have a draw ending because you had to have a definitive winner in a match like that. Yeah. Unless a third party came out of nowhere and buried both of them at the same time. And that could have been an interesting ending. Yeah. And it kind of takes some of the gas out of AJ. You know, like he, he was hyping all this stuff up, you know, really trying to mess with Taker. And then he loses. So it's like, you know, who's going to who's going to like be afraid of AJ Styles at this point? Right. I you mean, know? I'm pretty sure my four year old son could probably beat up AJ Styles at this point. <laughs> I mean, hey, I'd watch that match. I'm just saying. <laughs> all right so let's move on to another match all right so uh the one that started off the night which i thought was a real good good curtain curtain jerk match it really set the pace was that alexa bliss nikki cross versus uh oscar and, and carrie sane um for, for the women's tag titles what did you think of, about this about this match i thought it was a real like i said a good real good start real really set the pace for the night which is important. I thought it did a really about. good job at firing up the crowd. Well, what would have been the crowd? It fired me up at yeah. home. Yeah. Um, I was definitely invested in that match because, you know, I love me some Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss. I think they are both phenomenal workers. That's true. And if you turn that camera across the ring, I mean, Asuka and Kyrie uh, Sane have both proven to be phenomenal athletes in their own right as well. Yeah. Um, I was very glad to see the way that it was... It was done. It was done well. Um, I don't know. Are we doing spoilers? Should we? Should we spoil WrestleMania for people who haven't seen it yet? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well then, I'm very glad to see that Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross were uh, booked to win first uh, two-time women's tag team champs. Yeah. And I mean, either way you look at it, both sides put up a hell of a fight. It could have went either way. It's true, yeah. Uh, what, what about you? What did you think about the match? I really enjoyed like, like I was saying last uh, on Saturday, I really hadn't seen much of Nikki Cross because, you know, I hadn't been watching for a while. Um, so I didn't really know much about her. But I really liked what she brought to this match. I liked uh, her being, you know, teaming with Alexa. I, I love the energy that they put off. 
and the Kabuki Warriors, man, I thought they're fantastic. I, re- I love Asuka. I, I have for a long time. <laughs> so uh, I'm really glad to see that there's that they haven't screwed her up, which they do a lot of times with characters like hers. I, it's because I don't think WWE currently, well, I mean, any company for that matter, because, I mean, it happens everywhere you look. I don't think a lot of these wrestling companies know how to deal with actual character wrestlers. Yeah. People who actually have, like, they're not just themselves. They have a little bit of a gimmick, mm-hmm. i.e. Bray Wyatt, Matt Hardy. I mean, Raven is probably one of the greatest misused wrestlers of all time. Yeah, probably. I mean, a lot of those guys, or girls for that matter, they come into a business, they they were somebody for so many years, and now you're being told you can't be that person anymore. You have to be somebody else. Yeah. So, I mean, Nikki Cross, I didn't know much of her before her NXT time with, with Sanity, but I mean, from what I've seen from her on the main roster, I wouldn't be surprised within the next year if you don't see her um, sporting a singles women's championship. Yeah, I could definitely see that happening, um, and I'd I'd be totally totally cool with it. Yeah, I I would like to see her and Alexa both take a respective brand title and still carry the tag titles at the same time. That'd be awesome, actually. I think that'd be really cool. I know that a lot of people would probably you know not appreciate a dominating set of you know people like that, but you've seen it happen with factions of wrestlers before, so why not with a set of women? Yeah, exactly. And it's not like women have a mid-card championship at this point, which I think, honestly, they should. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, oh. granted, they just re- – I mean, this tag title hasn't been around that long, right? I mean, it's, No. Yeah, so no. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, as some time goes on, they do bring in some sort of mid-card title for the women. I could see it. Yeah. This women's revolution has definitely uh, sparked them getting more more leverage to having yeah. that kind of you know freedom. Yeah. So, and yeah. Speaking of you know the, you know women's revolution is, is great female wrestlers. We did have another women's match on the card for Saturday night, and that was the Shayna Baszler Becky Lynch uh, Raw Women's Title match. Uh, what did you oh, think of this one? Man. I was Honestly, not looking. Super forward to this one, I'll say that. After what we saw at Elimination Chamber, I was not looking forward to this match at all. Yeah. I I've said it once, I'll say it again. I think Shayna was booked the way she should have been booked, looking dominant. Yeah. However, the way she was booked, she should have been either the sixth entrant or had come in after the match and dominated or something. Yeah. But she overpowered people and then stood in the ring at Elimination Chamber and just kind of looked awkward. Yeah. And, I mean, she went through, like, four competitors, or three competitors, like, off the chain, like, relatively quick, faster than anybody that I've known to go through somebody. Yeah. And then she's the first person to ever eliminate every opponent in the Elimination Chamber, unless you're playing a video game at home. Yeah, which happens a lot with you. <laughs> but then... um. You know, before I before I get to my point, talk about how you felt about the match. Yeah, like you said, after that elimination chamber, I mean, we had just like what a month prior to that, we'd watched Brock Lesnar just dominate half of a of a rumble, you know, and just toss somebody out and stand there for a fucking minute and a half, and that's and then we had to sit through that again. 
Granted, not at as large of a scale, but we had to sit through that shit again with Shayna Baszler, and I'm just like, I don't want to see this. I, I didn't like it when it was Brock. I definitely don't like it with her. I just want to see, like, she can look strong, powerful, and even eliminate all of the other five competitors without them doing it that way. I'm Absolutely. Just like, it, re- it really bothered me. So going into this match, yeah, like you were saying, I was not looking forward to it. I just really wasn't. I was, you know, I love Becky. So I was like, I really hope Becky retains because I'm not really looking forward to this. And I don't want to see Shayna take, or as I like to call her, tomato basil. Ah, I really don't want to see her uh, take this match. And luckily she did not. Well, see, and that's what shocked me. I told you watching WrestleMania, I thought it was going to be Baszler's night. Yeah, I thought Shayna Baszler definitely had that championship secured, and I thought WWE was going to push it. And then we get to the ending of that match, and it's a it's an ending that is controversial for so many reasons. It's a it's a repeat offense against Shayna Baszler, where uh, Kyrie Sane painted her the exact same way just like months ago. Or you can revert back to Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hart from like 1998, and it happened then. The exact yeah. same way. I think it's I think it's a good way to make Becky look like she had the upper hand slightly, uh, being the in-ring veteran that she is, because, I mean, she knew where she was in the ring enough to get that to happen. Yeah. But at the same time, Baszler dominated that match enough that, like, yeah. she had that match secured. Yeah. So, she did. again... And, like, I, I was getting to a point where I was almost like, I don't think I like this match. You know, it was getting to that point. Because it felt yeah. like it was almost going to be a repeat of Elimination Chamber, you know? Absolutely. Well, and that's that was one of the things, you know, It's the, I felt the same way watching that match where I was like, a couple points, I was legit like, okay, let me check some text messages. Let me see what's going on on Facebook. It, it didn't have the hype that I felt it should have had for them being as good of competitors as they are. Um, you saw the whole her slamming Becky off the announce tables, which I felt should have been a disqualification at that point. I mean, she's clearly, you know, just out there, you know, using anything she can get her hands on to put Becky Lynch down. And then Becky Lynch comes back in the end and, you know, whatever. She steals a win, I guess. Um, but like I said, I personally thought that was going to be Shay- uh, Shayna Baszler's night. I was really shocked. Yeah, you really were. I, I mean, you said it many times that Tomato Basil was going to win that match, but she didn't. Becky won that match, and I am totally down with uh, seeing Becky continue <laughs> on. Now, what I'm hoping will happen with this is that they kind of reconfigure this feud, make it a bit more even between the two of them, and let it ride out until, like, maybe SummerSlam or even Survivor Series. And then if they if they do it the right way, I might feel a little bit better about Shayna taking this title but as, as of right now nah that's fair i re- i would respect a, a longer feud but i think that they're they can like up the elements uh next month is um money in the bank so they could have like a ladder match or something yeah that so we'll see, see. Yeah. i mean we'll see yeah um okay so one of the other matches i want to talk about quickly i don't want to go too much into it because i'll be honest with you the match was kind of slow and and a little bit boring was that Ooh, Baron, talking about yep baron corbin baron corbin versus elias um I, I i mean i think the main problem that they had is that they're they're both fairly 
big guys. They're not like the, the quickest of guys, which is fine. But when you don't have a crowd, it takes a ton of the energy away from it. Absolutely. And so, and the, the, the slow pace of it is really apparent. And I just, I don't know, I wasn't feeling it. Um, I, I loved the uh, the El Cabong moment from, from Elias. Uh, that was probably my favorite moment of that match. Uh, and that that was really it. Like, the rest of the match was kind of not all that memorable to, to me. Um, I was going to say, there wasn't much to that match that made me want to be like, oh, my God, yes. Yeah. Um, I yeah, was I'm, even I'm, shocked. I'm glad Elias won, to be honest with you, because uh, I'm not the hugest fan of Baron Corbin, but... Well, I told you when we were watching that match, I'm, I like Baron Corbin's athleticism. I like what he's capable of doing as a storyteller. Yeah. I was very shocked there was no setup for the end of days at all. Yeah. Um, on top of that, I, with you, I have to agree. Amazing Al Cabong shot right at the beginning uh, before the match even started. Yeah. And then, yeah, with the lacklusterness from no crowd, there was nothing to pump them up or get them moving. Yeah. So... It's, it's slow paces were definitely slow, and it felt yeah. it. It's sad that the, like I said, the best thing of the match wasn't even during the actual match. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I really don't have much of a opinion on this match. It wasn't one of the ones I was really invested in. Yeah. So it is what it is. Uh, and we and we did have another kind of disappointing match, in my opinion. And that was the Debray Sami Zayn match for the IC title. Um. I don't know. I don't know what it was. And again, I think this is a, another instance of had there been a crowd, it would have felt different. Because, like I said, during the uh, as we were watching the match, it felt like uh, I was stuck in the 80s. There was so much powder going on in this match. Huh. Sammy getting in and out of the ring all the time. Okay, uh, look, I'm, I'm going to look at this in a different aspect. And I'm going to say that Fidel Castro did everything he could to go into this fight. But I think he was scared of what was standing on the other side of the ring from him. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Bryan is one of the greatest technical wrestlers there are on the roster today. Um, comparable to Dean Malenko. I know a lot of people are going to shit on me for saying this, but Chris Benoit. Um, he has a lot of talent, and he is very good at being a technical wrestler. Sami Zayn, on the other hand, is more of the showman. And I don't think that that melded good without the crowd because it just made Sammy Sane look like a, honestly, a little bitch. Yeah, I mean, he's just running away over and over and over again. And it'd be, it was funny the first couple of times, but then it just kept doing it. Kept yeah, doing and it. then, you know, Daniel Bryan had to go and get him to bring him back to the ring. And, like, mm-hmm. like I understand this is WrestleMania and you guys have, like, the time to tell a story. Then put that match on and show us what that Intercontinental Championship means. Because all it showed me was is that the Intercontinental Championship at WrestleMania this year was a side thought. Yeah. 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 They just wanted to have it there. I was honestly, I was very disappointed with this match. I didn't even care for the buildup over the last few weeks for this match. Like, all they were doing throughout the last three like, three weeks was making Shinsuke look kind of like shit. Yeah, Every and then week. he wasn't even there during the match. Yeah, and I'm just like, so so you're kind of essentially burying Shinsuke and just letting Sammy just run his mouth at ringside while building Debry and Gulak up. And Gulak yep. didn't even win his match. I was nope. like, I, if Gulak won his match, it would make more sense because he beat Shinsuke. 
So like it would make more sense in that aspect, I mean, but no. I sh- I should rephrase what I said because I know Shinsuke and Cesaro were at ringside at one point, but yeah. like they didn't really serve purpose. Yeah, it was just they were just there, really. I mean, there was a couple small things, but yeah, I don't know. I just like like I said, I really don't have anything good to say about this match overall. I don't want to really shit on it because I mean, there's somebody out there who thought that match was good. And Sammy and, retained, and so it's not it's not like Deeper. I went through all of this stuff over the last like month or whatever to get the title because you didn't even get the title. That's very true. You that's know? very true. Yeah. So I don't know. Obviously, this feud is probably going to continue, and I hope that they're they can switch it up. Just like with that Becky Shayna feud, they they need to they need to switch it up. Especially if there's not going to be a crowd for who knows how long this is going to last. You know, I they, personally they, think the WWE just needs to take a step back with their writers. And yeah. let them get some, like, fresh eyes on this. Because there is a lot of potential. Like, okay. I don't want to drag it on because I don't want, you know, to seem like I'm, like, you know, really. But, like, think of, like, the three-month plan with this. So, for the next couple of weeks, if you really want to, you can have Gulak and Debry going up against various uh, formations of the whole Sammy's, uh, the, the artist collective, as they simply call themselves. Yeah. You can build towards another match where Daniel Bryan... And Drew Gulag both get a shot at the IC title. And, I mean, hell, why not just make it a five-way? Give, give Shinsuke and Cesaro a chance. And you can have one of those moments where uh, Sami Zayn thinks he's got it in the bag because his guys are going to let him have the win. And then you can have, like, the, the controversy over, well, I want the title, you want the title. I mean, you could really build towards something great, but they're not going to. And they're not yeah. going to see that big picture because that's not how WWE works. Yeah. Lately, they okay. seem to have, like, short sight and not, like, the long view. Yeah, unfortunately. All right, so I think we should just move on from this one and get into some actual good matches. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the next couple, I, I thought, were some of the some of the best stuff that they had going on. Uh, well, first off, I want to talk about first? First off, I'm, I want to talk about that Kofi-Jimmy uh, Uso-Jomo match, the triple threat yeah. ladder match. For the SmackDown tag titles, this was a unique match because it wasn't. I thought it was it, well done. It wasn't a you know three teams fighting for the tag titles. It was three individuals, one from each team, fighting for the gold for the res- for their respective teams. And I don't know if this has been done before. Maybe it has. Maybe I just don't know about it. But I thought it was really unique and uh, really interesting to see it done this way. And it was a damn good match. It really was. Go ahead. Let, go, give your thoughts on it first. Oh, man. this It was fucking crazy. It felt like back in the day with, like, the Hardys and all them, just, like, fucking throwing themselves around, getting getting nuts with it. And they did some wild spots during this thing, setting up ladders across from shit, just going crazy with each other. And I really – I don't know. It was after, – after sitting through a couple of kind of disappointing matches – this one, and it didn't matter that there was no crowd because the energy was there. I felt yeah, it. You it really felt was. it. It didn't matter that there was no crowd there. They made the energy palpable, and it was I, – I fucking loved it. It was insane. This was Jomo's first mania since he came back. Kofi's hair looked kind of awesome. looked like those trolley <laughs> sour worms. That was pretty awesome. I loved that. Uh, it was – I don't know. It was cool, and, and that ending was, was something else. So, uh, what were your thoughts? 
I will say this. I was very shocked to see the WWE with the the Miz backing out of WrestleMania due to virus protection mm-hmm. or being sick or injured, whichever whichever story they're going to go with. Yeah. I was very shocked to see it turn into a triple threat match. I'm very grateful it wasn't pulled for Mania. Yeah. I thought that the match was so well put together. Like, there was not a moment. I mean, that match kicked off with instantaneous, like, boom. And it was there. Uh, they knew what they wanted to go out there and accomplish, and they accomplished it. If mm-hmm. I had been in the crowd, I would have been on my feet the whole time. Yeah. Uh I really love that we got to see some really great athleticism from all three guys because that's what all three people are known for. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jomo has his parkour background, and the Usos are high flyers, and we all know Kofi's just crazy. Yeah. So getting to see Jomo doing the, the slow walk down the ropes and hit the Spanish fly onto Kofi, honestly, though, I thought that was going the other way, and I thought they were going to put each other through the Uso on the ladder. Yeah, Um, and that would have been sick. But at the same time, like, you know, you got to see Kofi, like, jump over the ring ropes and use the ladder as a a weapon itself, or like um, an aid as a weapon, I should say. And you got people bouncing off ladders. And let's talk about that ending and how they, like, they just made it look so organic. Yeah, it looked, you know, they made it look like this wasn't supposed to happen. I mean, I hope that was how it was planned because if it was if it was a botch, that would be uh, really interesting. But I mean, if that's how it was planned, they did a great job of just making it look you like, organic, like you said, and just natural. And I really absolutely I loved that. You know, I didn't know I what was going on. I was like, what the fuck just happened? Well, you and I were talking about this um, on Saturday night. I want to see a match done the exact same way. But with the other side of the tag partners in there, and I want to see an exact moment like the ending where um, Jimmy Uso and Kofi had their hands on the titles, and they're declared the winner. It's not like, ooh, the Usos won the tag titles, or oh, hey, the New Day won the tag titles. We get new tag team champions out of two different teams. Yeah, yeah, we were talking about about that, about like how cool it would be to have like. If for some weird reason the tag titles were one of the tag titles were vacated, just pick six random people who aren't in teams, throw them in the match, and the two who g- get a title, be, they become a brand new team. I think that'd Absolutely. be fucking amazing to watch. I mean, I think it could be well done as long as you know the right people are in there. Yeah. Obviously, Kane has to be in that match because you can tag team Kane with anybody and they're an instant <laughs> success. We've talked about this before, so I won't take up the time with it. But if sure. you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and watch some old episodes of Off the Roast with John and Josh, specifically the tag team episode, and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's true. Uh, yeah. That was, man, I, I keep, I, I've been thinking about that match ever since Saturday. It's one of my favorites. Uh, of the night. It, it was just a fantastic match. Um, and it was followed up by another really damn good match. And that's the Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens match. Uh, it great in a different way. You know, these two guys put on a clinic in the ring. I think clinic is an understatement on this one. You're probably right. Actually, you know, you know what? I'll allow the clinic label for this one. Because I corrected somebody earlier when they referred to Edge versus Orton as a clinic, and I stomped the living hell out of that. Because <laughs> that, 
that match, and we'll get yeah. to it. Never, I, I'll get to it when we get to it. Yeah. yeah. So Rollins and Owens. Yeah. What did I, you think of this? I personally, I'm not a fan of Kevin Owens, and mm-hmm. I get a lot of flack for this because I don't ride that bandwagon. Personally, it's nothing against Kevin Owens. He is a phenomenal wrestler. He is great at what he does. I do not like the fact that they are making him a modern-day Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. And that is my major issue. If he was still doing all Kevin Owens stuff and, like, not anti-establishment, not stun everybody, I'd probably have no problems with him. But that aside, this match at WrestleMania definitely made me respect him to a whole new level. Yeah. I mean, As I, go okay. ahead. No, go, go ahead. Um, as I've been watching the last few weeks, you know, seeing his like promos with, with uh, like against Seth and everything is like, I've really kind of grown to like him a bit more because I was the same. I, I didn't really care for him. Um, never, never really did. Uh, but just seeing his mic work, it, it, it's blown me away these last few weeks. So, uh, I mean, I've started to kind of come around a little bit more uh, on him. And what he did in this match, whoo-wee, man. That swanton was yes. sick. It was sick, the, dude. The swanton was sick. The work outside of the ring. That jump off the WrestleMania sign. Yeah. Oh, Like, yeah. I mean, there was so many great qualities to this match. Like, I loved the the disqualification, and he, he baited Rollins back in. Mm-hmm. Either way you look at it. Kevin Owens still gets his hand raised at the end of the night, but he did not want it to be on Seth Rollins' terms. He wanted it to be on his own. Dude, and when was the last time you saw someone get smashed in the face with a ring bell? Let alone honestly, it I used know we three times. I was gonna say, I know we were joking about this on Saturday night. So I, so people who know Josh and I, we have a running joke about using the ring bell. And anytime the ring bell is rung, whether it be somebody trying to stop a match uh, with, like, they walk over there and ring it themselves, or they hit somebody, Josh, what's the joke? Like the thing I say? Yeah. Ding, fries are done. Ding, fries are done. I have never once in the history of me watching wrestling seen somebody disqualify themselves intentionally like that at WrestleMania using the ring bell. So that was hilarious. And then I love that Kevin Owens hit him like three times with the bell. Yeah, it was nuts. I was like, holy shit. When did they start allowing that? <laughs> <laughs> well, especially headshots. Headshots yeah. are supposed to be banned. Yeah, I was like, um, god damn. But I mean, yeah, overall, I thought it was a great match. I thought it was well told. And I I mean, yeah. Just yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, you know, you were talking about how you know he baited Seth. Seth should have walked away. Should have. You know, Seth, yes, Kevin Owens technically won the match the first time around, but Seth was on top. He was the yep. one walking away. You know, he was on top there. He baited him in, got back in the in the fucking match, and what happened? Still loses, but he ain't on top anymore. Well, it's really funny that you're mentioning on top, because I'm going to use that right there to transition into the next match. Okay. The Universal Championship. Well, before the Universal Championship match, there was one other special match <laughs> that took place. Are you talking about the, the 24-7 title? The 24-7 title. And, it, and this was like a blink-and-you'd-fucking-miss-it kind of a thing. 
it was insane. <laughs> uh, <laughs> our truth comes out. I think he was like mouthing off to them. I'm not even sure what was going no, he on. No, was, he was trying to hide. Was he just hiding? Is yeah, that he, he, was, he was asking them to hide him. Because I think I was like doing something because I thought it was going to be like in between matches. And then all of a sudden there's shit going on. I'm like, what the fuck is happening right yeah, here? Yeah, he, he asked uh, Gronkowski and Mojo Riley. Uh, Raleigh, if they could hide him because he was scared that somebody was going to try to steal his belt at Mania. And what <laughs> yeah. happens? And then Gronk, tr- belt. Gronk tried to pin him. Mojo pulled Gronk off, and then he pinned him and took the title. I yeah, like, I mean, there, there's a true bro. Yeah, right? And I'm just like, all what? What just happened here? All I'm saying <laughs> is, if I was ever in a match going for a championship and you pulled me off, man, you're done. I mean, hey, bro. It's all about that gold, right? Well, let me tell you about this hype, bro, who now has the 24-7 title. But, I mean, that's really all you can say about it. It was a quick, like you said, blink and you miss it. Blink and you miss it. Uh, now, we'll, we'll get more into uh, the 24-7 title when we get into night two. Well, I was going to say, it comes back around night two. Yes, it does. Um, so let's talk about Braun Strowman versus Goldberg for the Universal Championship. All right, I think we should keep our talk to about the length of that match. All right, set a timer. <laughs> Two minutes, ten seconds. All That's right. right, folks. Here we Two go. Two minutes I'm, and ten seconds. I'm going to take a minute. You're going to take a minute. You ready for this? Here we go. I, I love the fact that Bill Goldberg was able to hit four consecutive spears and set up for the jackhammer. And on the jackhammer is when Braun Strowman reverses and proceeds to hit four uh, power slams. I love the fact that Braun Strowman is the Universal Championship because I have said it for a while now. I think he is deserving. I think that it was a well-deserved match. I'm sorry that people are shitting on him because that should have been Roman. I disagree. I I really thought it should have been Braun. However, Goldberg, I told you on Saturday, his strong game is in a short match. He looked great in that match. Braun Strowman looked good in that match. And I'm glad where it went. Your turn. Yeah, I I mean, I 100% agree. You, You broke down what exactly happened. Uh, really nothing else in the match happened other than what you just said. Uh, Goldberg, yeah, he looked great, but it just wasn't enough. He, he, you know what I mean? Braun was better, you know, it's just, and that's the way it had to be. Um, and it makes me wonder, was Roman supposed to win this match? And would it have gone down similarly? Would it have been this kind of real quick thing that happened? Or would it have been more drawn out? I don't know. And will we see Roman versus Braun sometime in the future? I would like to see that match. I'd be down for that, but who knows? I have no idea. We spent less than a minute and a half talking about that two-minute match. (laughs) Bam. Okay, so hold on. I'm going to add to this really quickly then. Okay. Does Goldberg get a rematch? Uh, I mean, if he wants one, I'm sure he, you know, but... I don't know. Um, I mean, it is the big dog's yard, and he missed his opportunity at that universal title. He'll probably come back for it. The fact they booked it that way makes me wonder if he just didn't want it anymore. Maybe. I mean, he took it off Bray Wyatt, the fiend. So, I mean, maybe it was just a a transitional thing that led to a couple-month run. Yeah. Because, I mean, Goldberg looked strong, you know, but... Braun looked like the fucking sh- strongest dude in the fucking ring. You know what I mean? Like in, yes, in, in, in the company there. I mean, they made him look stronger than Brock Lesnar. And that's hard to do. Yeah. 
you know, I, I don't know if Goldberg comes back. Maybe he, maybe he, uh, he tries to come back for it and they put on a, a, a better match and he still loses that, you know, something like that. Maybe they give us, maybe at money in the bank, you know, maybe he, he gets a rematch and, uh, we get like a longer kind of actual match. I, I don't know. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if they just kind of moved past it, to be totally honest with you, though. That's fair. Yeah, I just I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's if that's what they do. Um, and we already talked about the, uh, the the boneyard match, which again, fantastic stuff. Phenomenal. Um, you know, that that whole opening, you know, AJ coming out in the hearse in the casket with uh, <laughs> his cronies there in, in the. Uh, in the in the druid outfits, which I thought was really cool, uh, and it's, I don't know everything about it, I thought was really cool. I did do think the ending part of the ending was a little hokey with like the fake hand sticking out of the dirt, the like lighting on the barn or whatever it was. Uh, it was a little bit hokey, but it it, it fit for WWE and, and for what they were doing, so it makes sense that that's kind of what they did. It it felt very like old school. Like back in the '90s, almost. You know what I mean? It did, but it also still it showed a resemblance to Matt Hardy's uh, final deletion, like the Hardy compound videos and stuff like that from TNA. Yeah. So it's kind of funny to see mm-hmm. that you know Matt Hardy, whether people want to admit it or not, had influence over like stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. So then we move to night two. Night two. Well, real quick, overall, what were your overall thoughts of night one? Ooh, overall thoughts of night one was minus the couple of slow moments of, uh, you know, no crowd to pace a match. I thought night one was actually pretty good. I walked away from it being highly impressed. I remember being just like, damn, how are they going to top that tomorrow night? So on a scale of zero to five boots. Yes, that's right, folks. We're bringing that back. How many boots would you give night one? Honestly, I'd give it a solid four. Four boots. All right. Yeah, I think I'm right around where, where you are. Four uh, seems about right. Um, if some of the matches had been done a little differently, or maybe if there had been a crowd, I don't know. That may have gone up. But, yeah, I think with the way the, the we had probably four really solid matches couple of disappointing ones a couple kind of in the middle i think a four is, is is a pretty good place for that i think so i agree that if there had been like crowd reactions to help like maybe like build up some stuff um maybe change like the way like the Shayna baszler becky lynch match ended i think maybe it could have gotten a four and a half possibly five star i could yeah. overlook the small things yeah all or right four. all right so we're gonna move on like you said tonight number two Ooh. And we had uh, a much better pre-show match uh, than for yeah, we did. Liv Morgan versus Natalia. This was a damn good match. Well, it, was two... a, it was a phenomenal match between the yeah. two of them. And you and I were both torn on the, the result we wanted to see. Yeah. I mean, you're a Natty fan. I'm definitely a Liv Morgan fan. But I was still totally fine with Liv taking this match because she, she earned it. You know what I mean? I really think I, she she earned that match win. I thought it was a well fought match. I thought the back and forth was really well told. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I thought it was great. Um, and I I felt for some weird reason 
Sunday's pre-show didn't seem as boring. I don't know no, why. No, it didn't. Although it was like pretty much a rerun of the exact same stuff. Yeah, but I don't know what it was. I don't know why it didn't quite feel. Maybe I was expecting more on Saturday, and so that's why I was more disappointed. And so like I, my expectations were lower for the pre-show. It could be. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, so, you know, they did the pre-show women's match. And we jump into the first match, and we get right away another women's match. I was I was kind of surprised uh, by this that they did two back to back like that. But this was the Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair for the NXT Women's Championship. First time NXT title has been defended at Mania. Great match. Uh, both Rhea and Charlotte they they worked their asses off during this during this match, and and they really I think they really really worked well together. Um, and, and knew how to showcase each other's strengths and weaknesses. So I, I thought it was really well done. What do you think of this one? I mean, I agree with you completely on that. I think that, you know, the, the hype to it was the whole Rhea Ripley, and she, you know, she'd been compared to Charlotte her entire career. So she's trying to get out from under that shadow and show people she's not Charlotte Flair. Which I don't see, personally. Granted, I didn't, I didn't watch, like, her stuff in NXT and all that stuff. So I don't know how, you know, it was back then or whatever, you know, in the earlier days, but I don't know. Like I just, even when they're showing pictures of her, I'm just like, I just don't see it. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Just... Let's talk about a couple of small things in this match. Cause I don't want to waste a lot of time on this match. I mean, it was a great match. Don't yeah, take, yeah. don't, I'm not taking away from that. Let's talk about Charlotte Flair drop kicking oh, out Rhea Ripley's knee the wrong way. That just watching it hurt my knee for crying out loud. It was a war <laughs> flashback for me. Oh I've yeah, I know. There. I've been oh. in that moment. Yeah, I know. It's... I won't mention the uh, the person who drop kicked out my knee <laughs> by name, but I yes. will just say that. It... Yes, everybody, it was me. <laughs> <laughs> it was back when we were stupid yardies and didn't know any better. It's true. Um, but I mean, I, like I said, I've been there, so I know that pain she was dealing with, and it sucked. Yeah, but man. she worked through it, and she showed everybody that she was deserving. Uh, but in the end, it just – it was too much, man. Yeah. That leg buckle was rough, man. It really was. And uh, I, I will say, you know, I, we may not be the biggest fans of Charlotte, but she earned this win. Absolutely. I will agree with that. She put it all out on the line there and, and taking it home. And I think – like, we talked about this – I think that what they're doing is is getting ready to move Rhea up to the main roster. So, because that's what they do a lot of times. They, they, you know, you have the champ. They wind up on like one of the other brands or whatever that like a few times, and then they wind up losing the title, and then they wind up being pulled up to the main roster. Yeah, it happens all, happens all the time. Well, at the same time of them doing that. Charlotte Flair takes the NXT Women's Championship and helps elevate its prestige and makes it a more equal level to the other two WWE Women's Championships. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think it was, I mean, that was, it was the perfect way to, to the perfect result for this match. I, I, mean, I don't, it, it didn't make Rhea look weak. It made her, it made both of them look strong uh, overall throughout that match. And, if it brings Rhea up into the main roster, I, I'd love to see more of her. I agree. She she really impressed me, and uh, I could see uh, her going for one of the main titles. So, yeah. 
next up, we had Alistair Black versus Bobby Lashley. Now, this match, I, I don't I don't understand because, like I said, you know, I, I finally got back into regular watching, you know, about a month or so ago, uh, like watching both Raw and SmackDown each week, and I haven't seen Bobby Lashley. So I don't know where all this came from. Um, I honestly didn't realize he was with Lana because I hadn't seen them. So, I mean, all we've seen, we've seen Aleister Black come out, sit in the middle of the ring and kick a jobber in the face and take a match. Like, that's what we've seen pretty much every week. So I, I don't, do you know where this feud came from? Honestly, I don't watch the product enough to know where this feud came from. I did know about the Lana angle because okay. uh, he just got out of that that feud with Rusev, and the whole Lana divorced Rusev, and now she's with Lashley and okay. whatever, whatever. <coughs> Excuse me. But as for this angle and this feud for Mania, I do not know where this one came from. Um, if anybody listening knows, feel free to hit us up and let us know somehow. But I personally, I wasn't invested in this match. I don't think it was, it was a, definitely a slower paced match, but it was still hard hitting. Yeah, it, it was, was solid. Yeah, but like It you was said, that lack of crowd moment again. Yeah, absolutely. You felt it. Um, th- these two guys, they, they know how to wrestle. I mean, there's no doubt about that. But when you've got two big guys, it slows down. And again, when you don't have that crowd... It takes a lot of the energy away. Um, I don't know. And then w- one thing I wanted to mention, you know, we were talking about this. Lashley lost a lot of mass from, like, when he was first in the WWE back in the day. Like, I hadn't really seen him since he came back. So I didn't I hadn't realize how much mass he had lost during his MMA uh, time. But I was like, wow. Because he used to be, like, the size of Brock Lesnar. Yeah. He ain't the size of Brock Lesnar anymore. Well, and the sad part is, is that not even that dude really still can't cut a promo either. And that's, yeah. that's a shame because he has so much potential back in the day. Like he was, he was supposed to be like the next big thing of like, oh, six, oh, seven for a while. Remember? Yep. But yeah. They, they really, they banked a lot of, on him way back then. And he just couldn't, his on camera stuff just never progressed. And I think that's why he never progressed in the company. So, uh, I don't know. Maybe he really he needs his own Paul Heyman. You know, he yeah. really does. Someone who's good. Well, and they tried, really and then that kid got himself in some trouble. And yeah, they they need to find somebody for him. And again, Maybe he should just have Paul Heyman. Why wasn't he? Why hasn't he been on the the product in the last few weeks? I, I unless I missed him sometime somehow. I could have been in the <laughs> kitchen or something. I don't know, but I don't remember seeing him. I'm just saying. I didn't Honestly, I, 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 don't I didn't understand why this match was happening. So but No, I don't yeah. even have a clue. But a match that I do know why it's happening is that Otis versus Dolph Ziggler match, which uh I, I, I had to go back and rewatch today because I missed some <laughs> stuff. I was, you know, my, my kid was getting a little distracting, so I had to uh, I went back and rewatch. I'm glad I did because I missed a lot of a lot of good stuff during that match. This was this was good, man. I really dug this. But I was shocked that uh Neither Tucker nor Mandy came out with Otis at the beginning. Well, I'm assuming Tucker's supposed to be injured from the zigzag onto the steel steps. Yeah, I guess. He could have just you know, walked out with him. I mean, I don't know. He could have. I've seen plenty of people who are injured just coming out to ringside with people. So. I know. 
Well, I mean, at the same time, uh, Dolph Ziggler didn't come out with Bobby Roode. That's true, but he came out with uh, with with Sonya Deville. Deville. Yeah, you know what I mean, so he had, he did come out with somebody, and we do see Mandy Rose later on in the match, um, coming out to to help Otis when Mandy Rose. Yeah, that's true. When um, she, uh, Sonya gets involved in that match, so. Uh, she comes out and help helps her helps her new guy, I guess. Dude, she doesn't uh, even just get involved. She straight out takes freaking Otis to Dick Kick City. <laughs> no, no, he takes uh, uh, Ziggler to Dick Kick City. No, no, that was Mandy Rose. Or yeah, no, that's Ziggler who I was talking Dick about. Kick, didn't he? Yeah, well, that's who I was talking about was Mandy. Oh yeah, yeah. I was talking about before that though. Otis can oh, take yeah. Dick Kick City too. Yeah, <laughs> I guess somebody yeah. takes him to Dick Kick City. Yeah, that that was Ziggler from. Uh, from behind, I was like, Honestly, oh. I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna lie. I was invested into this match, but not enough to not be texting somebody at the same time. <laughs> so I was, I was paying 100% attention to this match, and I kind of blinked and missed some stuff. And it is what it is. I mean, I get it, I get it. Um, I like Otis. You know, I didn't know a lot about them when I started rewatching stuff, but like as I've watched more and more of him, he reminds me. Um, skill wise, he reminds me a lot of Bray Wyatt. Uh, you know, like I, like they used to call him way back in in the NXT days, a tank with a Ferrari engine. Otis is that. Yeah, he is. I also who can move fast, man, and I love it. I also I had mentioned this Saturday. I love that Otis wrestles in standard trunks and not like yeah. a singlet or anything. Because yeah, he's, so, he's, he's, he's so a bigger guy. He's so comfortable with how he looks, and I love that. You know, as a bigger guy, you know, both of us are big dudes. That that makes me feel kind of good. I don't know. I like that. I mean, if you could put down the donuts and stuff for 10 minutes, you might not be a big dude. They're not donuts, man. The cream puffs. Get right. <laughs> cream puffs. Well, Saturday and Sunday was cannolis. Cannolis. Damn right it was. Cannolis and gummy bears. Yum, yum, and my tum. But, I mean, <laughs> so, I mean, at least at the end of the match, Otis gets the win. Otis gets the girl. Even got an on-screen kiss. Can't go wrong with that. Damn right he did. All right. And, uh, so let's and move to something bigger and better. No, real quick before we before we exit that match, <laughs> uh, I want to get your thoughts on the lack of this truth telling dude or whatever this whole thing is supposed to be that I... popped, that popped up on Friday SmackDown. You know he revealed the truth that happened between you know with uh, the whole thing with. Otis and Mandy and, and Ziggler and Sonya, all that bullshit. But they Honestly, didn't. There's nothing I, from this guy. I don't understand why that that had to be introduced like that. Yeah. Um, we've definitely seen plenty of like storytelling angles before. Um, let's take 2002 Michaels Hunter um, feud for a second and reflect it that way. Uh, there have been plenty of times where people do something, and. We don't need a third party to show us that somebody's lying. Yeah. I mean, clearly something was amiss with this whole storyline to start. The fans aren't that stupid. And if this is just someone's way of bringing somebody back, this is a really bad way of doing it. Yeah. Uh, and, like I and, said, and I'm and not you said you, you, have, you have a theory as to who this mystery person is. I think it's Mustafa Ali. Yeah. Personally. And after you, you like sent me the pictures of him like in his gear and everything and showed me all that. So I was like, I, I think you're right. You know, um, the, 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 the symbol that they're showing. Yeah. The skin tone of the dude who was in, in that video. 
Uh, I definitely think that's who it could be. Uh, I don't really know who this guy is, but just from those couple of things. I'm not sure where they're going with him being the mystery guy, if that is indeed what they're doing. Yeah. Like, does he want Mandy Rose for himself, or... Or is he just trying to take down the company from within or some weird shit like that? Yeah, like, I mean, does he want Dolph Ziggler? Is he, I mean, I mean, where's the injustice that he's trying to write is what I'm trying to figure out. And, and my, my, my real wor- wonder is, does it actually even have anything to do with Ziggler Otis and all this stuff? Or is that just, he just wants to bring out the truth. So, like, he did it here. Maybe he'll do it somewhere else. You know maybe. what I mean? And maybe that's why there was no talk of it really during this match. Cause he's not really interested in that. He did what he came to do. He, he told, he, he unveiled the truth in that scenario. And now he's on to his next truth wherever or whenever that may be. Maybe indeed. I mean, I guess the only time will tell with that one. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, now we can uh, move on to uh, one of the best matches of both nights. Edge versus Randy Orton, last man standing. I, I'm going to stop Ooh, you right uh, there. I'm oh going to stop God. you right there. Because I was waiting to get to this match. I am going to say that this is the match of both nights. Okay. And you know what? Match, I, don't, I, I, I don't think I could necessarily disagree. So, holy shit. I am going to quote a text message that I received today. Yeah, I've already talked to you about this. Yes. So... This is how this text message is just sent to me. And it was I was asked what my match of the night was. And I said Edge versus Orton out of all of WrestleMania. And somebody came back with, oh, it was good. <laughs> with a, like, okay hand gesture. And I said, okay, or good, dot, dot, dot. That match set WrestleMania standards. Yeah. And I stand by that comment that I can't remember the last time I was so invested into a match that, I mean, okay, so Edge's last match was WrestleMania nine years ago. I mean, true match. 2011, yeah. He comes back at Royal Rumble. He shows everybody that at 46 years old, he still has it, and he wants to go out on his terms. Technically, because I watched the Edge documentary after Mania aired. Technically, I didn't realize this. Because I don't think I actually watched the event. He came back as Survivor Series and yeah. speared Elias. Yeah, I know that because I don't think I watched it. Um, but they were talking about it, and I was like, "Oh shit, he came back then." Yep. And I was uh, in the documentary. He talks about how that that wasn't planned. The 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 spear. He was supposed to go out there and just talk, but he felt the crowd, and he was like, he he just felt that this is what had to happen, and so that's what he did. Fair so enough. Like, I mean, so I was like, okay, so that would actually explain a lot of why a lot of people were um, already guessing that he was going to be at at the Rumble. Because I, mean, I was I like, I, was like, I, thought it... I was like, why? Why do people think it's going to be Edge? I didn't understand why people, so many people, thought that Edge would be there. Hey, I told you we watched Rumble together mm-hmm. with Dad actually. Yeah, and I mean that was I told you that night I thought Edge was going to be a surprise entrant. I did not see him going as well as he did in the Rumble, though. He popped in number twenty-one and just just dominated for a while. It was awesome. He did. Yeah. The look on his face when he came out the curtain, too, man. He, you knew those fans loved him, and he missed it. Yeah, and he looked great. And he he looked 
phenomenal. And he, I feel like he looked even better this past weekend. I agree. And getting back into that match with Orton, I don't, I don't mean to over-talk you on this one. And no, I, it's I apologize fine, for that. Totally fine. I was very glad to see that it was it was a strong back and forth both ways. Orton got his offense, Edge got his offense. We got yeah. we got interesting variations of different things. Edge I, I, I love how I well real quick, I love how Orton starts the match dressed as the cameraman. Yeah. And that's how he sneaks up on Edge. I was like, I was like, where did he even come from? And then they said it. It was like he was hiding as a as a cameraman. I was like, Oh shit, that's fucking brilliant. I love that. that. I mean, that was absolutely brilliant. With and again, an empty audience allows you to have a moment like that because otherwise you couldn't have done that. Yeah. But it was well done. And I, I like I said, I loved the match. I loved that we saw an intensity out of edge that it was there. I mean, yeah. you know, Orton clearly trying to, you know, end Edge's career and send him home. Though I yeah. am a little bit bummed. The Edge's first match, real match back, you know, outside of the Rumble, wasn't an actual, like, a normal standard type of match. It was, this thing was phenomenal, don't get me wrong, but I had the slightest bit of disappointment that it wasn't (laughs) more in the ring. I agree, and I I really do. I think that a little bit of more time in the ring would have been, um... Because he didn't get to showcase, I mean, he did showcase a lot of good stuff at the Rumble, but he didn't get to do that here. Dude, we got to see some really innovative stuff from Edge, though, yeah. at Mania. Oh, there my was God. The, yeah. There was the cage ceiling. The cage ceiling like, elbow drop? Up. Yeah. Oh, fuck, that's my favorite spot of that match. However, I love that there is a huge uproar right now for what I'm just going to simply name the Benoit spot. Yeah. I love that fans are in an uproar about this. WWE management is in an uproar about this. Fellow wrestlers are up in the yep. I, I commented on it with you Sunday. Yeah. I called it the Benoit spot then. I'm standing by it now. I don't think it should be made a big deal. I understand why people are looking at it the way they are. But take it for what it is and just move on. Yeah, exactly. And like like you, you sent me the article about it. And it says, you know, it specifically says, you know, that that spot had to be passed up the chain and get approved by more than one person. It wasn't just something that he just went out there and did. It had to get approved. Uh, and so it's like the fact that it got approved through upper management, I guarantee you Vince knew about it. There's no if way. He, if he didn't, somebody's probably either getting fined or fired. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like I understand why people are upset or offended by it, I get it. I totally get it. And you have every right to feel that way if if you so choose. But I just think, I don't know, man. It's been 13 years. Like, I understand the shit that happened was terrible. I mean, we both watched that documentary on it. You know, it, just, it, it, was, it was terrible. But, I mean, you've got to be able to move on with our lives and not become so obsessed and upset by the smallest things that shouldn't hit us that way. I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong for saying that, but I mean, I agree with you. Um, I want to. I want to 
go kind of back towards the match because I mean that that's a horrible yes. thing to have had happen in that whole yes. situation. It takes away from the impact that this match had. And it was just one small spot in yep. a match of dozens of amazing spots. So Absolutely. It's like, like people shouldn't be focusing on that. Focus on, like like you said, that that cage ceiling elbow drop was something special, man. It was amazing. I the, wanna the, talk. Which one? Go ahead. Was it the, the truck? Yes. Specifically though, I want to talk about the ending for a second. Oh, okay. I was very impressed with the fight on the top of the the truck. Oh, well, I was but, talking about the, the pickup truck. Oh, then go ahead and talk about the pickup truck for a second. Pickup truck. That that DDT onto the pickup <laughs> truck where the the cover just crashes down into it. And it makes who whose truck was that? Was it Edge or uh Orton's truck? I don't know. But they busted <laughs> that cover on the truck. Hopefully and it was I was like, truck. Oh, Damn, that so, was there were so many sick spots throughout this match. The the steel step, the stack of steel steps, that was a good spot. Uh, there's so many good ones. But yes, the uh, the the semi tractor trailer, I'm fighting up on top of it. Let's get into that. I so I told you this when we were talking last night. I saw something in Edge's eyes that I have only seen in two other matches, and it was that moment of. I'm really sorry I have to do this. Yes. You know, I saw it when Roman Reigns beat The Undertaker, and I saw it when Shawn Michaels beat Ric Flair. Yeah. I wrote this in my notes, too. You know, Edge looked heartbroken before he had to do that concerto. He really did. I I think it was one of those desperation moments of, I've hit you with everything I've got. You keep getting up. This is what I've got to do to protect me and my family. Yeah. I mean... I love the story these two told at WrestleMania. I am a huge Edge fan, and I was devastated when he yeah. had to, you know, quote-unquote retire. Yeah. I'm really glad he came back, and I'm glad we got to see from him what we did. Yeah. You definitely got to watch that uh, that documentary, The, the Second Mountain. It's, it's incredible. I um, plan on checking that out. You know, just... it, it, it takes place over the last three years uh, of him kind of getting that itch again and realizing because apparently the documentary was meant as a um you know life after wrestling documentary you know like kind of what he's doing after everything you know and all this stuff he's been doing but it it kind of evolved into something else and they really dive into you know him kind of getting that fire back and finding out that he's you know 100 he's cleared he's able to do all this again um, and one of the things real quick that I wanted to mention, because it got brought up on Twitter after the match um, in the documentary, he says, you know, he, you know, he wants to get back out and do this, but you're not going to see me, you know, climbing ladders and going through tables, huh. which is something he exactly did during this match, yeah. climbed a ladder onto the top of some sort of cage thing and drove Orton through a table. Yeah. <laughs> So his wife, Beth Phoenix, uh, quoted that in a tweet yeah. with a picture from yeah. that. And <laughs> he retweeted it and had, sorry, with a question mark. And it was the <laughs> most hilarious thing I'd seen. I, th- I saw it this morning. I was like, oh, my God, I got to talk about that. But, yeah, <laughs> I, that's why I was so shocked that he's jumping right into a match like this after, you know, everything that 
you know, that took him out of this business, I was so surprised that he would go right back into something like that. I'm going to put my own personal spin on this for a second. I retired from wrestling in 2015. Yeah. I have that itch to go back. Yeah. And I have a feeling I can, I can, I'm not going to say I know what's going on in Edge's head, but I, I have a feeling that it's something along the lines of go big or go home because that's the grandest stage of them all. And you've got to leave the fans wanting more. Yeah. I, I get They it. wanted it to be their moment. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I get it. And he did. He put it all on the line, man. He didn't. He didn't leave anything out. He no, gave, not at gave all. the fans everything, and it was amazing. Although I think it is really funny though that his his last WrestleMania match eleven years ago was against Alberto Del Rio, and it was the curtain jerker. <laughs> and now this year he was the second to main event. No, he wasn't. I no, lied. no, no. No, there was, there was, he was like he was like the mid match, but still, he was. That's, the, that's the point. It was so good that you're like, that. That was the main event, right? No, no, it was in the middle of the show of that night. Wow, that's yeah. that's how that's how incredible that match was. Yeah, and uh, it it was followed up by uh, something a little a little special, maybe the was next it? twenty the next twenty four seven title match. <laughs> oh my god, I forgot that that was the next. <laughs> Uh, this one's all you because honestly i am not invested in the 24 7 i mean i i just i just find it hilarious because it's just it's just like a random thing that just like the match ends and then bam we're into this thing huge melee just breaks out all you know you have mojo getting chased by like a dozen people which breaks all the protocols on group together yeah yeah don't get me started on that um and then so they're just like trying to like beat down and trying to get that title from him. And then the camera pans up and Gronk is standing there up, up top with a big smile on his face and just dives from up top and takes everybody out and then fucking pins Mojo for the title and takes off. Yep. And that's the last, I'm pretty sure that's the last time we see Gronk that night. That was, I mean, Gronk got a WrestleMania moment, man. You can't blame him. And New then uh, acquisition to the WWE, his first time hosting. Yeah, and yeah, and now he's a champ. Yep. You know, Gronkowski's a champ. Maybe it's just that twenty four seven title, but he's a damn champ. And then uh, he was replaced as the host by Titus O'Neil, which I was like, ooh, all right, ooh, ooh. yeah, yeah. I love Titus. He's awesome. Okay, uh, okay so um, we we're gonna get to the next match, and this is, I don't know, I wasn't. I wasn't even looking forward to this match. It is the Street Profits versus Angel Garza and Austin Theory tag match for the Raw Tag Team Championships. Um, Andrade got injured, so he was replaced by Austin Theory. And I don't, I just, I, I'm not, I'm not a fan. Like, I'm not impressed by Austin Theory. I watched some of his stuff uh, on NXT. Just was, I'm not impressed. I don't know. Um, so I'm glad <laughs> that. They didn't win uh, because that would have really kind of bothered me that they gave the title to a team that isn't actually the team. Uh, and especially with, with this guy, which is kind of why I just I wasn't all that invested. because I'm like, there's no way they're going to give them the title. And we saw some great stuff from the Street Profits because they are a great team. You know, the whole thing was real fast paced. 
had a lot of good action. And the Street Profits are like the ultimate hype men. They really are. Like they they can hype. I mean, up they were hyping anything. themselves up during that. E- match. Exactly. But I just I don't know. I think the most interesting thing was the fact you you pointed this out that it looked like Zelina raided Stephanie's closet. <laughs> I mean, it definitely did. Um, I think the thing that made me laugh the most was I wasn't invested in this match either. I mean, yes, it's the tag titles. It is what it is. Um, Fuck, the other tag title match was a hundred, a thousand times better. I'm just saying. Absolutely it was. And I completely, there's no taking away from that. Um, And I commented on this on uh, Sunday, yesterday, while we were talking as well. I don't like that during the middle of a match, Andrew Garza rips off his pants. Yeah. Either doing it during the entrance, do it right as you're in the ring. Do not wait until you're in the middle of a match. Yeah. It is awkward. It is taking away from the action. And honestly, I don't want to see that. I get it. I mean, now if Selena Vega wants to rip her pants off, that's (laughs) different. (laughs) Um, And I stand by that statement. I don't care who's listening to this. Sorry, mom. <laughs> if my mom is listening to this, then I, I'm very impressed. And if she made it this far into the podcast, I'm even more impressed. Yeah, definitely. definitely. However, like I said, I was not, I was expecting more from the Street Profits. Like, they put up one hell of a fight. Yeah. Um, but they're usually much more athletic and on point. Like, there just wasn't much, especially from two guys from the 205. I was expecting, like, who they were fighting anyway. Yeah. I was expecting a lot of high-flying and high-paced action, and we didn't get that. So I was kind of just taken back a little bit. Yeah, I get that. That's really I all mean, I've got to say about I mean, that, man. It was fast-paced, but yeah, I get what you're talking about. There wasn't a lot of a lot of high-flying stuff going on. So, But yeah, again, not you know the match was okay. Street Profits retained their titles, but... And I'm sure that Garza and Andrade will have a rematch once Andrade's you know, back, you know, healed up and whatnot. But as of right now, it is what it is. Um, all right. So the, the next match up was the fatal five way elimination match for the SmackDown women's title it had Bailey going in as a champion versus uh, Lacey Evans, Naomi Tamina and her bestie Sasha Banks. Uh, what did you think of this match? Well, it, I'm going to, I'm going to put it sweet and simple. I told you straight out. I thought Tamina was going to be the overbooked, looked strong, get her out first. And I didn't know how the rest of it was going to play out. Yeah. I thought the match itself looked great. I thought it played out great. And in the end, we got exactly what everybody wanted. We got the tension between Lacey Evans and Bailey. I really thought they were going to let Lacey Evans have it. I'm kind of shocked they didn't, but the way they booked it, made it look really great. And the fact that Sasha Banks came back to help her bestie, even after the mishap and the miscommunication yeah, and Bailey retained. So yeah, that's really all I've got to say about that match. There wasn't anything that really stuck out to me or made it memorable. It was just kind of like a, well, let's give these five women a shot and see what happens. Yeah. Um, one thing I'm, I'm kind of, a little shocked that like there was zero uh, uh, what's the, appearance, zero appearance from Paige, because she's the one who set this match up, and I'm, and and the way I'm she did it, she sure. she did it over video, 
Like, well, I'm pretty sure due to the whole coronavirus thing, she's she's overseas right now still. Well, that's what that's what I'm saying. She wasn't even in there when she set the match up. It was like a Skype video. Yeah. So like, I'm just kind of shocked that they didn't even do that for this match that she set up. Like, she's the one who picked all of these people, and like, it was all hers. So I, I yeah, just, I was a little shocked that there was no like video package of her. You know, saying anything prior to this match or, or even after the match. I was just a little shocked by that. Um, but I think personally, of these five women, I think Lacey was the standout. I don't know about oh, absolutely. you. Yeah, I, th- I thought she put on a hell of a show here. Um, I didn't don't really know a lot about her, hadn't seen much from her, but this made me a fan. Uh, it really made me a fan. Like, the first time I saw her, I was like, what is up with this weird gimmick that she's doing? <laughs> but, like, over the last few weeks, it's like, okay, the gimmick's kind of grown on me. That's cool. But this match is what has made me a Lacey Evans fan. Um, and I really hope we get to see more from her. Um, her, her and Naomi really worked well together. I could see them being a team. Uh, we talked a little bit about that uh, last night. Um, I was shocked that Tamina was actually the first one out. I know that's kind of what the goal is when you have a big powerhouse player uh, is to get them out first. But I was actually shocked that they actually did that for once. Um, I, I don't know about you. I, I don't know what you thought about uh, them getting rid of Tamina right off the bat so so quickly. But I, I, mean, I, 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 was I told you I thought that was what was going to happen. Yeah, um, I agree with you. She's I mean, she is a powerhouse. There is yeah. no denying that. Yeah. And it's not even just the size. I mean, she she's very agile for being a bigger person, just like Nia Jax. Yeah. So I mean, and it is what it is at that point. You gotta you gotta take her out because otherwise you're at risk of not winning. That's true. And they they made everybody, and I mean every all five of these these contenders look strong in this match, which can be hard to do in something like this. And a lot of times, just isn't done. Usually no, I there's, completely agree. I mean, we talked about that Elimination Chamber match. They didn't all look strong during that match. Uh, so it's nice to see them have a multi, multi-women multi match where all of the contenders in that match look strong. Uh, I, and I think it really will help out the career for all of them, really. I, I agree. And, I, and I'm really hoping to see Lacey get like a either a one-on-one or a... Um, like maybe they do a triple threat between Bailey, Sasha, and her because of the stuff that went down between Sasha and Bailey, and, and, you know, throughout that match and, and at I, the end. I agree. So yeah, I, I, I dug it. I, I thought it was really good, and yeah, it was a solid, solid women's match. A solid match in general. Not even just that. It's just as a women's match. It was just a solid match in general. It was. Um, so now we are going to move on to. One of probably my number two <laughs> favorite match of the night. Uh, and I think actually my number two favorite match of the entire event, like between both nights. Cause I think I like this one even more than that Boneyard match that I really enjoyed. And that is John Cena versus the fiend in a yeah, Firefly yeah. Funhouse match. I'm going to let you take off with this one, John. I know how much right. you, uh, you really want to talk about this one. So, I am a huge Bray Wyatt fan. There is no denying that. And we all know that the build-up to this match was, it was Bray Wyatt's retribution for WrestleMania 30. 
But I will. Okay. So anybody who knows me, you can you can attest to this one for me, Josh. What are my thoughts on John Cena? <laughs> you think John Cena sucks? I mean, so does ninety percent of the nation. Uh, maybe not ninety, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I went into this match expecting it to be John Cena dominates and somehow Bray Wyatt comes out at the end and looks strong. Um, I was not expecting, however, what we got at all. I mean, yeah. there was no there was no way to tell what the hell a, a, a Firefly Funhouse match was going to be to start. Yep. So we go down memory lane and John Cena gets to relive his prototype days and the Doctor of Thugonomics days. Oh, my God. That was and, fantastic. It was, him it doing was amazing. The, him doing the rapping where, like, he ha- he couldn't speak normal. He had to rap. And yeah. it was awesome. So, my favorite moment out of the whole thing, and anybody who knows me knows right where I'm going with this, I loved seeing Bray Wyatt in a Wolfpack t-shirt. And I loved seeing John Cena come out in an NWO t-shirt. For anybody who wants to shit on this match for what it is, first off, it took eight hours to film the Boneyard match between Taker and um, AJ Styles. This match did the exact same thing, but with like a different aspect to it. Yeah, You can't hate one match and like the other. And if it's just because it's Bray Wyatt and the whole Fiend thing, then you're a hypocrite. I think what a lot of people are complaining about is that it's, it wasn't like a quote-unquote actual match. You know? It wasn't. But that's kind of what made it different and better at the same time. And it's exactly what you would get if you're talking, like, inside of a story about this character. Absolutely. That's, and it's and the, with there being no crowd, that's the only time you'll ever be able to do something like that. However, at the exact same time, if you listened, and I didn't think about it at this in the, this aspect until... They show it in the way they wait. Well, I'm going to have to rephrase that. I did not see the way they booked this match until they rephrased it in the match and used it against Cena himself. This match was to delete the most overrated, overhyped wrestler ever. Uh Yeah. They gave you John Cena's entire existence, plus some of what fans wanted, and then Bray Wyatt beat him and took him out. Yeah. Well, no. The Fiend did. Well, That's yeah. what I love about it. Yeah. Bray Wyatt was the ref. True. And I loved that. I um, thought that was fat. Like, as somebody who's a huge movie buff and loves, like, that weird psychological shit, I thought that was really a fascinating way to do this. Yes, it's not, you know, a, an actual typical match. But this was some of the best stuff I've seen WWE do in a long time. And him, Bray using Cena's own words against him was yeah. brilliant. Seeing well, him copy speeches from, like, Eric Bischoff and, and, and all these people just, be, like, they going back and forth between them and doing these, I don't know, man. It really just, it hit home for me. I loved it so much. I absolutely loved it. I thought it was well put together, and I thought it was well done. Yeah. And like I said, for anybody who hates this match for anything other than what it absolutely is, they are a hypocrite because John Cena 
put Bray Wyatt over to a, a Bray Wyatt, the fiend, whichever side of him, yeah. he made him look undoubtedly unstoppable and strong. Yeah. And, and that's and, coming and from a guy got, who Cena got to use his humor, which, yes. you know, most of the time when he does that, it comes off kind of kind of hokey and whatnot. But it it worked perfectly here because it was meant to be utilized that way. And I loved it. Well, and like I said, man, anybody who knows me knows I'm a, I'm a, I'm an anti Cena guy. Yeah. John Cena earned my respect after last night. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if 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 Cena didn't earn the, the respect of the people that, that hate him, then there's no there's no cut. There's no saving those people. Like there's no way he ever will. If nope. that didn't do it, I don't think there's anything that ever will. I agree. So, simple as that. And yeah. It was a fantastic match. The second best match of the whole event, I think. I would agree with that. I know a lot of people are going to say otherwise, but I would agree with that. Yeah. Uh, and then we got, we're on to our last match of the night, the, the, the main, main event Brock Lesnar versus Drew McIntyre for the WWE <laughs> Championship. What I find interesting is that both. Top tier titles had short matches. Yeah, think about it. You know, I was had, honestly, I was, I disappointed is an understatement for this match. Yeah, I anticipated it being a brawl. I anticipated it being Suplex City. Yeah, I didn't anticipate it being almost an exact mirror of the Braun Strowman Goldberg match. Yeah. I was honestly highly disappointed that the match only went for like 10 minutes. I, I mean, think, at least it was longer than the two minutes and 10 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it was literally Brock Lesnar hits a few suplexes yep. and then Drew McIntyre hits a few claymores and it was over. Yeah. Like, yes, it made, it made Drew McIntyre look strong, but at the same time, it's like, I didn't come to just see finishers. I want to see the actual match. Like some I'm, of the note, some of the notes that I wrote was starts off hard, rolls a bit slow, which is exactly yeah. what happened. Gets yeah. boring, like in the middle, and then holy shit, that was quick. Yeah, like those are the notes that I had for this match because I'm just like, what is going on here? I'm not saying it was a bad match, but it was, it wasn't what I wanted for the, especially for the main event of of the entire show. You know? Well, especially considering, I mean, they hyped it and we talked about it. Drew McIntyre used to be the golden boy and then he lost yeah. his way and he left for a little bit and he came back and he's been so dominant. Yeah, he was for a while there. He was he was the goofball who was air guitaring with he Slater. You know what I mean? That that's what he was. Look, and I said it when. Um, oh, God, what's his name? Jinder Mahal. I said it when oh, Jinder yeah. Mahal won the championship. I'll say it now that Drew McIntyre has fully come around. If you would have told me 10, 11 years ago that those two guys were going to be world heavyweight champions, I would have laughed at you. Yeah. But now I'm expecting Heath later to take a couple years off, come back and be a, a world heavyweight champion. I know, right? I mean, that dude's got kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but, God. Like I said, I was I was a little disappointed with the main event. I really thought it should have been more wrestling, 
a little bit more story to it. Like, not just a flash in the pan, like you said. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, I mean, that's... Overall, I mean, I mean it accomplished what it needed to accomplish. I'm glad that, that McIntyre has the title. Because he deserves it, man. Oh, absolutely. And, and it's nice to see Lesnar not on top. And it wasn't like some like quick, you know, uh, fluke win or anything like that. Like he outpowered and outstaminaed Brock Lesnar. Well, there was a comment made in the match that I didn't really think about, but I guess the last five or six manias, Brock Lesnar has been in the main event uh, with either the Universal or the World Heavyweight title. I had not thought about that. Wow. Yeah, damn. Shit. It is what it is, but, I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, and uh, we'll see where it goes from here. Um, I'm curious if Lesnar's going to continue to try to get the title back, if he's going to fade away, or what's going to happen. But I don't know. But, It'll be interesting to see the stories of WrestleMania unfold. Certain yeah. rivalries ended, certain rivalries are about to begin. I mean, tonight's the Raw after Mania, and you know how crazy that usually is. Yeah. So, with that being the final match, I want to get your thoughts on night two as an overall. I would, I'm, it's about the same rating for me. I'm going to go a little bit lower due to, I, I was, like, like I said, I was highly disappointed with the main event. Um, expecting it to have being more. Um, I was disappointed that Lacey Evans was so strong in her match, but still fell that little bit short. But then, you know, Bray Wyatt and them really picked it up. I'm going to say three and a half boots. Okay, I totally, totally get that. Hold on. Faith, I am recording. You're going to have to wait. I don't have any Honey? What's that button? Honey, you know that when I'm recording, we're not supposed to come out and start asking for stuff. You came out and got yourself a cheese stick? That's good. Your faith. Well, you are going to have to wait a few minutes. Okay? I will get it for you when I'm done, and I'm almost done. But now I have to do more work on cutting stuff out of this because I'm stopping to talk to you. Okay, I will get you food as soon as I'm done. You can't be that hungry. You literally just demolished a cheese stick. Okay, if you're if you are so hungry that you're going to whine, you can go have some cucumbers and take them in your room with you. But if other than that, you're gonna have to wait. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Let me send myself back out. You had just given your score. Three and a half boots. Yep. I totally get where you're coming from with all of that. Um, but I, I got to say, just with the fact that this night had the two best matches of the overall show, I still got to give it a four. Yeah, it, I, I, I'm curious if they had switched the last two matches, if it would have even been higher. But... The, the that Edge Orton match and that Firefly Funhouse match, it it was they were so good that it overshadowed what the main event brought down, and I still I still got to give it four out of five boots. I I can I can agree with that. I think I could after that logic, 
I think I could agree to adjust mine up to a four. So, I mean, with that, it sounds like we both are having overall scores of four out of five boots for Mania as as a whole. Since both nights we scored then as a four. I mean, if you kept yours at a three, five, it'd be a, I think it'd be a 3.75. Average it out for you. Overall, if you look at Mania as a whole, I would be willing to give Mania as a whole a 4.5. A 4.5? Wow. I wasn't, I wasn't overly upset with a lot of it. Like a lot of it, I think the sad part is a lot of it was just predictable. Yeah. Um, I still like to be shocked once in a while. I like, I like to be like, oh my god, I didn't see that coming. Yeah, I um, get that. I guess we'll see though. Like I said, today is the Raw after Mania, man. It's where it's where storylines are born and you know debuts and yeah. I guess it can only go up from here. Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm pretty pumped. Um, before we before we get out of here, um. We both, I mentioned it earlier, we both watched the uh, Chris Benoit doc uh, from the uh, Dark Side of the Ring show on Vice. And I wanted to get your quick thoughts on that. Probably should have done this at the top of the show, but you know what? <laughs> it's our first show back. Shit's going crazy. And we love it. So I wanted to get your, your thoughts on that. Uh, well, I mean, anybody who knows me knows that I am a, I'm a Benoit fan. I, I laughed. I cried. I, it was emotional. Yeah. It was, a, I mean... It was really good to hear the story being told and it's told in a true form where, you know, as much as I don't want to admit it, Chris Benoit had dark side yeah. and it, it was the end of him. And it took, it, it's taken a long time for me to move past it and not want to say that there was conspiracy behind it. But it was really nice to hear that, you know, he was talked about in a loving way, even though all that happened and he was shown to be such a loving father and a great husband. And just overall people were still like, he's a great guy. Yeah. Something happened at the end of his existence and it takes away from a little bit of what he did, but you never hear them say that he shouldn't be included in the WWE hall of fame. Yeah. Unfortunately, Unfortunately, I I know that'll never happen, and it, it does kind of suck because, you know, yes, what he did at the end of his life with that, it, what I've heard people refer to as the Swiss cheese brain that he wound up having from all the CTE, you know, it doesn't take away what he did in the ring before that. Like, it doesn't make all that stuff not amazing, you know? I understand you don't want to praise him, but it doesn't make the things that he accomplished in his years in the ring any less great. It yeah, just doesn't. It, see, I, I guess I'm just torn on it because I don't see putting him in the Hall of Fame and respecting his in-ring accomplishments as praising him. I see that as just acknowledging the fact that the man had an amazing in-ring career and he accomplished stuff in things that other people did not accomplish. And I don't disagree that I think he that his career deserves to be um, recognized in that way. The thing I just I just have the doubt that it will ever happen because there are a lot of people who are unwilling to move past that part of it, which 
That's that's totally their right to do. That's all. That's all on them. That's fine. Um, and I feel that putting him in will take away from the event and take away from the other nominees because that's all ever anybody will be talking about and most of most likely not in a positive manner unfortunately sadly yeah and 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 like people have said well maybe they should induct woman you know Uh, and but not call her nancy benoit only call her woman and i'm like i still think like if she deserves it sure but I still think it will take away, and pe- all people will be talking about is Chris and what happened to her and, and them and all that stuff. So I just doubt that it will ever happen, unfortunately. Sadly, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, overall that doc was was fantastic. Um, I still got to watch the the new Jack one, which uh, was the 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 new latest one that dropped, I guess. Um, I don't know if another one has dropped at all but i know new jack was the next one uh yeah so i i'm pretty interested to check that one out so um, (laughs) i can't wait for the owen hart one yeah yeah and uh like i said dude you gotta watch that edge documentary the uh on uh, wwe 24 it's it's great and you are you being such a fan of edge i think you will love watching this doc that is on my list of things to watch tomorrow yeah and there is a first look at uh at the undertaker doc and this is the first time that he has allowed his career to be documented Ooh, yeah and it's like it's mark calloway talking it's the the there's like a on the network there's like a 14 minute first look for it check that out too it looks great i don't know when the doc's supposed to come out but it i i i'm I, i'm excited for it i really i'm excited for it so, <laughs> definitely check that out everybody uh, so, yeah, that wraps up our premiere episode of the relaunch of Off the Ropes with John and Josh. Once again, I am Josh. I am John. Uh, John, where can the people uh, around the world find you? Uh, well, I am on Facebook. I am J. John Made. Uh, I have an email. It is John underscore Made at Hotmail.com. I am not on Twitter. Uh, I honestly don't know my Instagram handle. Otherwise, I would give you that, too. Um, you want to come visit me? I'm not hard to find. <laughs> How about you, Josh? How can people around the world find you? Fair enough. Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at JP Rayner. That's J-P-R-A-Y-N-O-R. Uh, also, check out Off the Ropes Twitter. It's uh, at Off the Ropes JJ. That is the official Twitter for this show. Um, and be sure to also check out uh, my site, Merc with a Movie Blog. I'll be posting uh, – this show will be on Anchor in its own feed, but I will also be putting it in uh, my Merc with a Movie Blog feed as well to kind of cross-promote. So be sure wow. to check that out uh, on Twitter at MovieBlogMerc, uh, MercWithMovieBlog.com. And, uh, Way to shamelessly yeah. promote yourself. Damn right. A- <laughs> what is it? A- 2006 DX? Always be hustling. Yo, <laughs> what, what? Every day I'm hustling. All right. No, so I-, I know we wanted to keep this podcast short, but since we're dragging it out a little bit more at the end anyway, why don't you tell people what you've been up to for the last few years since we've taken a hiatus? Uh, I mean, you know, there's, uh, there's a big a change in your life over there. Yeah, working a lot. Uh, I moved 
to uh, central New York, and uh, I have a have a kid now. She's amazing. Uh, I've been showing her some wrestling moves. She loves it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not working right now, but other than that, uh, I don't know if there was something specific you wanted me to say. I was pretty much talking about how you're a dad, man. Yeah, it's uh, it's fantastic. I love being a dad. Sometimes she she gets on my last nerve, but you know, I think <laughs> that's that's expected. Uh, but you know what? I'm not the only one who sired a, a child. Um, Mr. John over here, just talk about your child for a minute. <laughs> uh, I got a I got an awesome four year old little boy who lives with his mom. Uh, I also have started to teach him some. Not I don't let him watch wrestling, but we play with wrestling action figures. Uh, he knows who Sting is by looking at Sting off the bat, yeah. and. He has a Bray Wyatt action figure that he thinks is his grandfather and a Kevin Owens action figure who he thinks is his daddy. <laughs> so, I mean, it is hey, what it is. Hey, man, I guess you could be compared to worse wrestlers out there. So <laughs> That's true. I mean, people who have seen us wrestle in the backyard have compared me to Bray Wyatt and Dean Ambrose. So, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, my daughter thought you looked like Tucker from Heavy Machinery. So Look, first off. First off, I'm glad she thought I was Tucker and not Otis. <laughs> <laughs> I um, oh. I'm really glad though that we had this opportunity to come back, and I wanted I want to take a personal second to just say thank you to everybody who was with us before when we were lecturing people and giving you guys a history lesson. Where um, we realized that that wasn't where we wanted to go with this, so we're hoping to get you guys back and go further. So if this podcast goes a little bit longer, we're sorry. We're going to try to keep them a little bit shorter. No, I mean, it's a special episode. It's WrestleMania. You really, two nights of crazy events. I mean, it's essentially two pay-per-views worth of stuff. And know? this is us coming back. Yeah. Hells yeah. We want the smoke. Maybe. Maybe. Is it, I mean, is it, bar- is it barbecue smoke? Ooh, dude, I'm down for some barbecue. You want some ribs? Sure. Sweet. All right. Who's well, everybody, <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll meet half halfway. You just keep <laughs> keep, uh, keep the the ribs in something warm. You know, it'll be in a hot box. It'll be good. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you again for checking out the premiere episode of the relaunch of Off the Ropes. Once again, I am Josh. I'm John. All and right. We're down for the count. Yes, we are. Ding ding. <laughs>